welcome to the Big Kids Book Club. A podcast about all things fictional, from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus and I am your host and welcome to another midweek review. What is a midweek review, you ask? Well, it's kind of just what I said. It's reviewing a book in the middle of the week. But how do we do that? Well, what we do is we're going to take one book and we're going to look at it through five separate categories. Each of these categories will be ranked out of five. And at the end, we're going to jumble these all together, mix them up and divide them by that number of categories, which is five. And that should leave us with a five star Goodreads rating. It's as simple as that. But what are the categories, you ask? Well, they are simply this. They are the plot, the pacing, the characters, the style and the setting. Those are all the categories I've jumbled on enough, so let's get on to this week's book. This week's book is The Wizard in My Shed, The Misadventures of Murder in the Wild by Simon Farnaby. The publisher is Hachette Children's Group, the age range is 8+, plus. the genres are middle grade, humour and adventure, and the page count is 384. So this year, for our midweek reviews, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off with a little bit of telling you the synopsis on the back of the book, so you can get a better idea about what it's about. Rose is not an ordinary girl on a mission to mend her broken family. Bubbles is Rose's guinea pig. He just poos a lot. When Rose bumps into Murden and discovers what he is, she quickly realises that he could be just what she needs. Rose agrees to help Murden navigate the confusing ways of the modern world. Things like the lidded bowl of the bathroom is not a sink, uh, it's a toilet, so definitely don't wash your face in it if Murdin gives her the spell to fix her family in return. Now they just need to hide in the shed without Rose's mum noticing, track down Murdin's magic staff, and find a way to send Murdin back through time to the Dark Ages. What could possibly go wrong? So that's a little bit about the plot. What did I think about it? Well, it's funny. It really is. It starts off with Murdin. He's on trial for being a bad wizard. Sorry, warlock in the Dark Ages. And uh, his sort of rival basically takes the opportunity where he's supposed to like banish him to like purgatory. Instead, cast him through time to be lost and no one will ever find him again. However, uh, because of a young maiden who is in love with Murdin, uh, agrees to marry the evil wizard uh, if she retrieves Murdin, brings him back to the Dark Ages. Uh, so that's the, the Murdin side plot. The other side plot is Rose. Rose really wants to be famous, mainly in a singing competition, which is called uh, Britain's Got Talented People. There's a lot of puns throughout it. It's quite funny. They do it a lot about modern day stuff. Um, but she's kind of awful. And unfortunately, her latest audition's just gone viral in a bad way. So she basically sees the opportunity that if he gives her like a singing potion, she'll then help him basically find the staff and like, like I said in the synopsis, get him back to his timeline. Murdin kind of gets sidetracked. There's a couple of other sort of like adventures that happen where the pair of them sort of uh, move on. At one point, they sort of have a bit of an argument. They split ways, but inevitably they come back together to sort of save each other at the end of the day. And it's very sweet. It's got good heartfelt feels about it. I felt very much this is a sort of David Walliams or David Baddiel plot line. If you've read any of them, like Gangster Granny, if you've read David Baddiel's stuff, you know, like um, just one, is it Wonder Boy and all those ones? Uh, you know, they have that very silly writing style where um, Simon Farnaby, you almost feel, I mean, I listened to the audiobook as well and Simon Farnaby narrates it himself, does his characters perfectly. It's just very silly. That horrible history's humour just is in this in droves it's fantastically for that uh, and so i give it a lot 
I enjoyed it and I smiled and it just did what it, it, it needed to. Um, it wasn't anything to write, wow you, but it it was good enough and it, it made me smile. So I'm going to be giving plot four out of five stars. Now let's talk about the pacing. This is probably the most contentious part of the book, if I'm perfectly honest. Now, you remember I said earlier that this was 384 pages long. It's for a kid's book, like what I'd say eight plus. It's a chunky. Now, some of those are illustrations, obviously. But uh, this book didn't need to be this long. Uh, I have to admit, obviously, the way it's sort of put together, the narration style, is it's told from a sort of omniscient narrator sort of telling you what's happening going along and they can chirp in with all the little jokes and puns that works really well as a sort of um plot device and sort of like narrative lens but it also means that we keep going back and we find like the bad guy plotting to basically you know go back in time and instead of rescuing Merlin to kill him and all the nefarious schemes of that which is it builds attention in the story but also then you have a lot of stuff where Merlin's like acclimatizing to modern life and some of those seems to just take a long time. And there's just points of this where you just sort of, there's a middle, there's a middle section in this book where you just sort of like, you sort of flick through the pages and you sort of like, you're, you're turning the pages, but you're not really reading them in. And actually I can remember like some of the bits of the beginning. I can remember the bits at the end, actually quite a bit of the middle. I've actually, I don't know. I kind of could, I could forget. And if you told me to recall what happened, I'm probably going to forget a lot of it, you know, uh, Rose did this, and then I think her and Murden did that, and maybe they did this, I'm not sure, it's just because it drags on for a lot of time, and it feels like there's a lot of padding in that story, maybe it could have been chopped down close to the 300 page mark, I don't know, for me, it just, it had that saggy middle, um, which, you know, some some stories do, and I don't think it's going to be a bother for a lot of people, but it just, it, you almost want to get to the ending and the climax, and the sort of the, the sort of the big yeah, ex- exciting action scenes at the end. So uh, it was just, it was a bit, a bit slow and lumbering in that regard. Uh, not awful, but just a little bit. So that's why I'm going to be giving the pacing three out of five stars. Okay, now we go on to characters. And this is this is where it shines. This is where the book definitely shines. And I think maybe it's because Simon Farnaby, having done work on stuff like horrible histories and ghosts and stuff, you just see like the sort of the characters from that sort of, that sort of style of sketch comedy, as it were that shines through and that builds some amazingly silly characters. I mean, Murder in the Wild is just brilliant. Constantly correcting people that he's not a wizard, he's a warlock. There's a big difference. How he's the most evil warlock, but really he's got a heart of gold, his tragic backstory and all that. And then you've got Rose, who's just, unfortunately, just this very ditzy character um, who, you know, she wants to be famous for, for being a singer, but, you know, what sort of like 11-year-old girl doesn't want to be famous singer or actress or something like that? I mean, you can understand that but the fact that she's also incredibly resilient and you know she deals with the fact that her big brother just just is <laughs> a bit annoying at times and he's so foppish um her mum who uh bless her she's in a bit of the doldrums since the her since her dad's gone unfortunately you know and the fact that she immediately sort of sees a resemblance in Murdin and believes him to be like uncle james or is it uncle justin uh, <laughs> she just she's just a bit a little bit of a kooky mum you have the nefarious evil wizard and his his scheming uh, uh, assistant. There's just a lot of characters that I love. And then Bubbles, who is the guinea pig. And every time he's like spoken to, he's just like, oh, I'm going to poop. I'm going to poop. I'm going to poop. I'm gonna... Oh, no, I won't for a week. And it's just, just it's very brash humor. But I think you got to remember that this is targeted for eight plus. I think if I was like in year four, Bubbles is hilarious. <laughs> so you have to think of it in that regard. The characters bring it to life. They're lovely. And listening to the audiobook, obviously Simon Farnaby 
knows how they should speak and how they should act. And so he brings a little bit of that. I think maybe because I listen to this on Audible rather than listening to it uh, or reading it as physical, maybe that's bumped the characters up because they were brought to life in such an amazing way. But hey, I'm telling you how it is, you know. And so I'm giving you characters five out of five stars. Okay, so onto the style. Like I said, the style was very much, I mean, I got big David Walliams and sort of David Baddiel vibes. It's almost like those guys, you could have said those three sat in a room and actually were writing books together because it has that thing. It has that narrator who, you know, you have uh, central characters and the narrator tells you all about them, but they also feed into like world building and they do like little puns about like when the world has just been changed slightly from ours. You know, it's um, like Britain's got the most talented people. You know, we know it's Britain's got talent, but obviously had to change it. And there's a lot of other sort of like everyday things that have been changed just a little bit in this world. And it's just the the writing styles. We follow our characters and they're sort of, they're sort of a very plucky uh, younger character. The sort of like the older sort of mentor that gives me big sort of gangster granny vibes with the whole sort of like, I mean, Rose treats Murden as, as a relative, especially early on where he's pretending to be her uncle. Uh, And so it just, you know, I think it works very well. The other people who I think this, this sort of, made me think like actually is kid normal um so greg james and chris smith like their book that's sort of again they have a sort of narration style where you know you follow the the characters but really the the narrator is sort of chirping in with lots of little silly puns and jokes and and little world building things along the way so i think that's another sort of one where if you like their writing style i think you'll enjoy this as well it's good it works and it's perfectly suited for the sort of age range and appropriate sort of like reading material so uh, i think it's gonna be very popular in that regard so i'm gonna give style four out of five stars okay and now on to setting uh the setting is really, it's just a, it's almost like a little market town. So there's two real settings. You've got Dark Ages, which isn't really explored, but they do talk about like the forest and they live basically in a sort of a forest kingdom. And they, the Dark Ages parts really sort of highlight the sort of the commune with nature and how we were once one with nature a lot more and how we've lost that connection when we go back to the, the modern times and like the woods has been paved over and now it's like a shopping centre, you know. Um, but they basically live in like a little, a little rural sort of uh, market town. Some were probably thinking Wiltshire because they go to Stonehenge on like a school trip and it's not far. So I think it's probably going to be in that sort of like Wiltshire sort of area of the world. Um, you know, just off, I think they call it, say it's just off the A30 and stuff like that. So you're just sort of like, okay, so that's sort of that Surrey, Sussex, Wiltshire, Southern England. Um, and so the sentence itself, it, yeah, it does all right. Um, modern times, you get a lot of, um, talk around like the, the house and stuff I always find modern setting difficult to because most of the time it's just like everyday life and so it's easy to slot it in because you have an idea of what a shopping center looks like you have an idea about what um, Rose's house is going to look like you know it's a simple sort of like semi-detached you know you, you kind of get an idea about like what the house is going to look like so that's not a problem um, and just in case it's not like it's boring but I, I do think that there is enough stuff with the cool bits of the Dark Ages and the fact that they get to go back and the sort of like the climax at Stonehenge. I like some of the settings and where like Simon chose to, to put his story. Uh, and so, you know, nothing to write home about, but it was solid uh, and it was well written. So I'm going to be giving setting four out of five stars. Wow, there's all our categories. I've waffled on enough about them. So why don't we get on to the final score? The Review-O-Matic 5000 is quickly doing its computations. And we have a final star rating for The Wizard in My Shed of four out of five stars. I think this is pretty solid. This is 
this is going to be good. I think this would make a great little classroom read because it fits it quite nicely. I've had a look at like some of the inside of the book as well. Great illustrations. I think it'll be very popular. The story has funny, silly, endearing characters, a plot that is, uh, while not like world-breaking, it's exciting enough. You know what I mean? The idea of the concept of a wizard from the Dark Ages coming into the modern day, uh, they're trapped, trying to find a way home, Rose trying to help him, and sort of learning to sort of like build this bond with this character. It's good. It's good. It works. It's fantastic. You know, I think it's going to be a solid book. And as I said, four out of five stars, it's a pretty good one. I would highly recommend the audiobook because Simon narrates himself. It is hilarious. He delivers lines perfectly. Um, and it's just full of his comic sort of like essence to it. So uh, absolutely loved it. So yeah, if you enjoyed it, go check it out. Well, that's all we've got time for today. I hope you enjoyed this. And don't forget, you can check out far more of our content. We have a lot more. Check us out on Twitter. That's at Big Kids Book Club, all one long little word. Or you can check out our brand new shiny website, bigkidsbookclub.com, where you'll find more content, more reviews, uh, some additional amazing content we're making that you could be interested we've also got the author interview podcasts that come out on fridays so check them out if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about your favorite books but that's it all we have time for so all i have to say for this week is for you to take care to stay safe but most importantly to keep on reading <laughs>